Welcome to the Light Heart Collective Podcast. I'm Kirsty. And I'm Sarah. This podcast is designed by creatives, it's designed for creatives, and it's designed to help you become inspired to be more creative. Join us as we have light-hearted conversations with creatives where we'll explore their backgrounds, their inspirations, their triumphs, and of course, their challenges. We're going to uncover the stories behind their creations, the passion that fuels their soul, and the unique perspectives that make our creative landscape so vibrant. So get ready to be inspired, get ready to be moved, and to be transported into the world of art and creativity in the Southwest. We are really excited that you're here, aren't we, Kirsty? We sure are, Sarah. Let's get started. <laughs> okay, so um, we are in Georgia Salter's um, studio, and we have been here for about 40 minutes before we've actually managed to curb our excitement <laughs> to sit down. We, we've only just calmed down and been able to stop <laughs> and now have a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Georgia has been um, lovely enough to welcome us into her home which is where her studio is based. And I think for our listeners, I think I know that we've, you've got a very loyal following um, from your debut mm-hmm. at the Mark River Regional Open Studios last year. But for those who don't know, would you mind just introducing yourself and just giving us um, a little bit of a backstory about how, how you got into ceramics? Ceramics? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a, I am a local Boston artist we've been living in Boston for five years now um, <laughs> and I came across ceramics it's I was laughing about it with a friend this morning actually um, I'm terrified of people asking me my backstory <laughs> because it was classic midlife crisis <laughs> and um, well, at least you didn't end up with a sports car. That's why I said it's definitely better than a Ferrari. I, I, I said at least, you know, at least I didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I didn't swap anyone out for anyone younger. Yeah, yeah. That, um, that's always helpful too. <laughs> no ramifications for anyone but my house cleaner. Um, so we moved to Boston five years ago to a new house and... We had been living in Margaret River on a 10-acre farm and so that's where we raised our children. I've got three children who are now 22, 20 and 18. Um, and when we moved off the farm, which was a relatively um, isolated and so the kids, none of them had their licence, they were all too young, they were all at school, so they were very much dependent on me. Mm-hmm. And I could do things like lock up the Wi-Fi in our fire safe at night and we had one TV and one couch and three bedrooms and one bathroom and a lot of animals. Mm -hmm. So we were really family-oriented and farm-oriented people and then we had to leave the farm and we moved here to Bustleton to the marina to a very brand new two-year-old build and the kids all had their own bedrooms their own bathrooms and the Wi-Fi's plumbed in. Yes. <laughs> so you couldn't hide it anymore. All the TVs were already plumbed in, so I couldn't even rip those off the wall. Oh, oh no. And um, It was a huge lifestyle the kids, change. Yeah, yeah. They could all, all of a sudden they could head off to their friends' houses without me driving them. Yeah. They could, you know, there, there was, it wasn't, like in a really short space of time, I was 
bouncing off the walls in a new house with the kids all gone, Pete up north, and that classic, oh my God, what do I do now? Yeah. Like the kids don't need me. Who Pete's am I? Not here. What am I here for? What's what do my I do on this blank white wall? There's no, I yeah. had to leave all my magpies behind, my peacocks, my guinea fowl, my yeah, yeah. ferrets. Actually, the ferrets were still here and the dog. <laughs> um, <laughs> they came. They came with us. Um, so about six months after moving in, uh, a friend of mine, I had done a couple of small hand building courses, one in Margaret River with Tanya Davey, who's amazing. And then one here with Sally Mae Mills, who's just my, she's amazing. She's Mm. just incredible. I had done a previous hand building course with her and I came across as I was, excuse me, unpacking a box, um, uh, like a head, like an egg I'd made Mm -hmm. in her hand building course. And I painted it, I hand painted it, um, for an afternoon and turn it into a, um, a woman's head. She's actually over there on the wall and um, stuck hair on her. And then I posted oh, yes. that on Instagram Yeah. and someone said, you really should be making those. And I said, well, I can't, I don't have access to a kiln anyway. And, and um, you know, so it's not viable. Yes. And then a friend of mine, an old friend of mine who was a mum at school where my kids went, sent me a DM and said, I'm now, the kiln coordinator at Boston Pottery Group. Oh. Why don't you come down? Why don't you come down and meet the ladies and and come in? And I'm always, I've always been too shy to head into those kind of community groups on my own. So having someone there was, um, it was really lovely. So I did. I, I went and met her there and met all the women. I signed up the same day, mm. did their, um, you have to do a, little hand building course before you're allowed to join and then I just never left I'm sure those ladies didn't know (laughs) (laughs) they were so their collective most of them most of them were like I think there was about 50 members and probably 90% were over 70 Mm. and so they'd been doing pottery a long time and between them all I think in the six months I was there before COVID hit I would have learned 10 years worth of mm. study to do with ceramics between all of them to do you with. You had all that, these mentors in one place. It was almost. incredible. Yeah. It was incredible. What an amazing so, experience. And I was able to, because the kids didn't need me and I, I um, volunteered there the three days. They only open three days a week. So I volunteered three days a week. And so I learned how to pack a kiln, how to unpack a kiln, how to clean Mm. a pottery studio how to stock a pottery studio how to you know that between all of them there was nothing they couldn't teach me and I was so willing to to learn and yeah you must have been just absolutely ready to soak all of that in and I think run with it I really was I was you know I was in my late 40s and I was um I've been an artist all my life but I'm not one of these people that can multitask. So when my children came along, I tried to keep up an art practice. Um, I'm also only just coming to the term to terms with the fact that I, when I'm into my art, I really resent anything that gets between me 
and my practice. Yes. And I worked that out when I had little kids. So I completely set aside my art for nearly 20 years. Yeah. But I'd done so much. And I used to do little crafts and things like that. Um, but by the time I found ceramics, I, I know how to draw. I know lino cut. I know wood carving. I know uh, watercolour. I know, um, you know, sculpting knitting all of these things I'd sort of just been doing slowly little things so you've sort of built up a whole series of skills that can then inform what you're doing now they all come together in ceramics and I can see that actually in your work when Mm. I look at it and you know the bristles on the beards like you know all that threading and knitting and um, textile work you've probably done over the time and and obviously the form that you're able to get in your sculptures as well, you know, yeah. you can tell that you're, you you understand drawing and yeah. all of that sort of stuff as well. So mm. it, it's funny, isn't it, though, how these things have all sort of come from a different place but ended, ended you up here and you probably yeah. didn't really know that that was the journey. I felt like I remember, I remember my husband once saying, why are you doing more courses? Why don't you just pick an art form and stick with it and I said to him you know why because each time I do one I realize that's not the one I'm looking for but it teaches me enough skills I know they'll come in I did have that feeling that yes. they would come in yeah. useful along the path at some somewhere point. at yeah. some point yeah and what happened when I finally found ceramics and I said to Pete do you understand like all of a sudden I've come to it really late but I caught up well I'm still catching up I'm still in a panic mode (laughs) I'm just wanting only to do pottery but um I could really quickly you know I knew I I, all of my art was always centered around people and faces so I knew busts was what I wanted to eventually get into I started with the functional wear but I knew I wanted to start building heads and busts. Um, A really interesting thing that I found, although I've got more girls coming through this year, when I started building busts, it was just, it was all guys that came through. And my art up until then, whenever I did anything, it was always all women. You know, if I was sketching, it was always women. Or painting before the kids came along, it was women. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Mm. I'm sure um, Freud would have something to say Absolutely. about that. <laughs> really but we'll leave that to you. Maybe it's because of Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny you say that because at your at the open studio last year, mm. um, my husband Graham Lee came to your studio um, in the Art Geo complex, and he's not an artist. He's not a creative. He he appreciates it to some extent, but he kind of just cheers me on from the sidelines because it makes yeah. me happy. Yeah. He's not an appreciator of art, but when he stepped into your studio, mm. like I've never seen him light up or yeah. have any sort of emotion stirred by art. Yeah. So it's funny you just say that you're tapping into like the male psyche with what you're doing. And mm. to see, and me and Graham still have conversations about your... Right art as well now and he knew how excited I was to come in and see you and he would never remember an artist's name or a face or their work or anything but he still remembers yours so I think um it's really interesting how 
what you said captured that side of it as well yeah and and I think yeah and I think a lot of your work does have a bit of that Aussie you know like there's a bit of humor there in the way you're portraying some of the the men you know like the the sailor with his pipe going or you know the the guy with his beard or the tattoos or whatever you know like it's just quite real isn't it and and probably is quite relatable to a lot of people which is nice I found that because um when I found ceramics so I I had I had before that on the farm I had started doing a little bit of air dry clay and I was making Mm. stick puppets um and when I started doing the ceramics so the stick puppets were the first time in my life that I just stopped caring what anyone else thought and I started making art just for myself I it was the first time in my life I just thought I don't care what anyone else thinks these make me laugh and these are bringing so much joy Mm. to me that I just don't care and it was the first time I made art that other people then of course loved because (laughs) I was getting out of my own way I was using, I do have a really weird sense of humour. Yeah. Um, and I found out a lot of people have that. I think <laughs> they, and so when the ceramics came along and I started doing all these bearded blokes, I didn't know why they were coming through. And I didn't, until the open last year, I didn't question it. I called it getting out of my own way and just letting come through what, what wanted to come through. And it was all these yeah. Bearded sailors and pirates. <laughs> they were. Was, were you drinking rum or were you were like, were you in the studio? <laughs> and during the open last year, well, like my niece and I were starting each day with like a black coffee with <laughs> a slug of rum because I used to just had to get into alone. character. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm yeah. not. And you had to be an extrovert for the I whole time. And I've never been next to my art. Um, it's the first exhibition I've done, mm. you know, with my ceramics. And I've never had to be next to my art explaining it to strangers. And yeah. I didn't know what I was going to come up against because when people criticise me, I tend to I, – I will be beating myself with that criticism for decades. And so yeah. I was thinking, what if I open this – exhibition full of art I've just made for myself for my own satisfaction and my own humor and my own growth and my own healing and people are rude or people are mean to me or people don't get it Mm. and um what I found because like I said I don't know why these characters were coming through I didn't know who they were all I knew was that I really loved them that I really was it was I think the most joy I've ever felt in my life with something yeah, um, yeah. I've created, like with my art. And so when we opened the, opened the doors, the people that came through and the way they reacted, and this was people that, like your husband, don't react. Like a lot of them are art lovers mm. and that was amazing and we – you know, I, I know that they're going to be my people, but so many women dragged their dads, boyfriends and husbands back through after coming in. And you could see all the eye rolling, those poor <laughs> men that are the drivers around for. Yeah. And then they'd walk through into our space, into my space, and 
start roaring with laughter. You could see that these men hadn't even clocked that they had no representation in the art world yeah. and it's possibly why art wasn't for them. Like yeah. they couldn't see themselves reflected in yeah. any art they'd ever seen mm -hmm. yeah, and yet yeah. they were coming through the door and here were all these sailors, all these fishermen, all these pirates or Wayne yeah. with the mullet. And the, <laughs> yes, uh, he loves it. it. Wayne. Yeah, I love Wayne. Pete hates Wayne. <laughs> and I, would, I didn't want to sell Wayne. Um, there's a funny story actually behind Wayne if, if I can remember it later. But um, all of a sudden in the open last year, I knew why I was making this art. Uh, these people were coming in and, and generally speaking, they would love the whole exhibition, but the people that came through would have one in particular that they were drawn to and it would remind them of their grandfather or their father or their brother or uncle or or one of their ancestors. Or There wasn't a day that went past, which was the other thing that shocked me. We had a lot of laughter and a lot of like really jolly, jolly times. But there wasn't a day that went past that we didn't also see someone burst into spontaneous tears. Oh, wow. And shock themselves because yeah. they didn't see it coming, but you could see it coming sort of yeah. from the heart. Quite visceral. And they'd be of, so yeah. mortified. And I'd always go up to those people, and it was usually the women, and um, they would apologise and say, I don't even know where that came from. And, yeah. and I said, look, I think it – actually, I think it's a really healing – past life ancestral yeah connection and we'd start talking and it, and I found so many people I just fell in love with because um they just got it they got the art and they I understood my art so much better mm. after that Margaret River open studios um what a process though like from getting from that point of being quite feeling quite vulnerable and nervous about putting mm. your work in that space to then having those in, experiences and it was having the most so rewarding, much, yeah. rewarding experience of my life really yeah and so I'm you know like it informed you about the work you were doing then and has mm. it has that sort of led through this year with other work that you've been doing since the exhibition um so my time was already so just after that exhibition I stepped into um submission mode we I was already in the process of putting a submission through for the giant three meter tall sculpture we need to talk about the postmaster, the postmaster. <laughs> we do. Yes. yeah um first of all I, I took I took a couple of months off because that had been two crazy years of discovering ceramics mm -hmm and making ceramics and then doing the exhibition. It would have been a big combine, wouldn't it? Like really peak yep. and then just going, oh, my God, what just happened? I was on a high. <laughs> yeah. I was on a high, but at the same time my hands did not want to touch clay and mm. I, I will honour that. Um, if I've always found that if, if my hands are saying no and I try and push through that, I make the ugliest things and mm. it never works. Yeah. And so... I took that time off, but it was brilliant because, like I said, I'd sort of seen this EOI come across um, my feed, which I never see things like that, but a call-out from Boston Jetty 
saying they were looking for sculptors to put put an expression of interest for an underwater dive park for under the jetty and um, I sort of read it and went oh my goodness I could just see one of my men but in giant form wow. and it was like my intuition just went go for it and but I'm going you're a crazy bitch <laughs> that because you have never the tallest thing I ever made was 65 centimeters <laughs> then ending a three meter tall sculpture <laughs> I love the optimism I love it <laughs> I rang my mum at one stage I rang my mum in tears halfway through the build I shouldn't be talking about this because the Boston Jenny but I'm sure they thought and you're it's I good to doing... hear the backstory though you know <laughs> it's real it's... I, rang, I rang my mum in tears and I said um with no shame because I'm I am 51 and, and <laughs> I shouldn't still be ringing my mum in tears. Oh no, you can always I, um, do that, surely. <laughs> I just rang her and I said, "How can I be so arrogant and so ignorant mm. at the same time? Yeah. Like, how about?" But you know what it was? It was just this. So in when I found ceramics, and like I said, I was, I became a really. I think I, looking back, have always been quite an intuitive artist and. I really developed that over the time of making the people by just like I said, not judging who came through, just letting my hands make mm. whoever came through. Because even though they are all sailors and their beards are all blowing and they they tie into each other, they're very much their own characters and their own personalities. And um, I just I just had such a strong inclination to apply and to just each stage I just went, oh, I'll just put my hand up and see what happens. I'll yeah. just do that submission and see what happens. And, and of course, I got it. And then I scrambled. <laughs> and then you thought, okay, now I have mm -hmm. to think about how I'm actually going to do this. <laughs> yeah. How long did you have? Like, how long we, did they give you to get this done? It was really short. Mm. So, from the time they signed, and so I think it was November when they signed a thing to say, yes, you're one of the people we want one of the 12 artists mm -hmm. and then we had the first so they gave us um a third of our um budget up front mm -hmm. so that we could buy everyone had enough to cover their costs mm -hmm. that was on the 23rd of december um wow we flew we flew for a family holiday to queensland on the 26th of december <laughs> And I came back on the 12th of January just going, we've got three months. Yeah, so <coughs> if, um, people are listening later on in, in the future. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, yeah. This, is, um, this is July 2023, so you've mm -hmm. got this in November So it was due, that's right, yeah. and it was due in April. Wow, it's really no time at It's all, no Georgia. time, but I had also been really, really honest with them. Mm -hmm. So the call-out was for... Um, for artists who were used to doing public works mm -hmm. um, that had done them before that were very you know seasoned in this uh, that knew the process and um, I just put my hand up and went you will be the first I know I can do it I understand ceramics I really quickly you know at the beginning of learning ceramics I got my head around it mm. we'd grown up with um 
one of the reasons I think the sailors came along, and especially why the bottles that I make came along and all the barnacles that cover everything. When we were little, we had a lot of shipwreck. Two of mum's best friends were international. Um, they were actually Australia's two top scuba divers. Yeah. And um, I used to go and raid wrecks all over the world <laughs> and bring home incredible stoneware jars wow. from shipwrecks all over the world. And um, so I knew ceramics. Ceramics is the one thing um, next to like gold bullion and gold coin mm -hmm. that will survive untouched by the marine environment for millennia. Yeah, wow. So I knew because yeah. the brief was they had to last minimum 30 years mm -hmm. under the jetty, under the water. Yeah. <clears throat> but hopefully for more like 100. So the, the initial um, hurdle was to convince them that ceramics – were fine in the marine environment, and the, the thing is, they're the best thing. In Did the you take in your um, barnacle-covered <laughs> ceramic jar? I, I think I bombarded them <laughs> yeah. with so many shipwreck stories from, you know, Mesopotamian yeah, times yeah. and all these what things. Survived. What yeah, survived yeah. was like, uh, recently in the Mediterranean somewhere. I can't remember where. Um, off the top of my head, they found a shipwreck, and they only know it was a shipwreck because all the um, ceramic vessels they found were in the shape of a ship's hull oh so they had been packed into the hull yes yeah. and so the, had... the wood of the hull had disintegrated yeah. a long time ago but this shipwreck was from 1700 years ago and when they pulled all these um um you know the vessels up and clean them they look like they'd been made yesterday wow. the ones that hadn't been broken sort of in the shipwreck but yeah. They had hundreds of them, so I, um, yeah, I you knew were confident that, it, that I was they confident. could last under there, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that one of my sailors under the water, you know, that yeah. he's um, <laughs> they just he looks perfect under there. Oh, it's such a perfect mm. fit, really, isn't it? I mean, mm. to have to have one of those under there, and yeah. I love that you called him the postmaster general too. Yeah, <laughs> well, so he is, um. Look, there's such a long backstory, but when I decided to go for the submission, someone said, just ring ring and talk to Ian Dowling. He's mm. a ceramic master that lives in um, Margaret River. He's one of the best ceramicists um, in Australia. And uh, he's been a lecturer for many, many years. Um, and I just rang him and said, this is what I want to do. What do you think? And so he became my mentor through the whole project. And he said, look, in the submission, they'll be, what they'll be looking for is strong story. Mm. I've got a story for you. Mm. And um, his grandfather was the postmaster general mm. who lived at what's now the Art Geo Complex yeah, where I did my exhibition. Yeah. And he would cycle to the end of the jetty every day to deliver and receive mail and to check customs during World War Two. And so he became my subject. And, yeah, because I love story. Yeah. So that's who and, he is. And wasn't there a point just up from Art Geo where the original lighthouse was? Like it was a lot further in than it is now, isn't yeah. it, back, back then? Back so, then, yeah. yeah. I've got so many projects I want to pitch to the council. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <well. laughs> make one of those. Stop. Put the list out right now. We'll just record it for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, now yeah. you're on a roll. So, I love that, yeah. that, that, that backstory. That's just amazing. It actually is inspired by like, what's also local who did yeah. so much for the community mm -hmm. in such a tumultuous time. 
you know, I think that's beautiful. Well, and that Ian was involved as your mentor, yeah. and, and he still fired that. the piece, yeah. so it was his. It was his kiln, so yeah, he's. Yeah, I was going to ask because it's so big. It's so big, so we had to do it in 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 pieces. Mm-hmm. So the head, torso, base, and then the the bottle plat the platform of bottles underneath. Um, it was Ian when I rang him and said, "What do you think?" He said, "What's stopping you from putting your hand up?" And I said, "I don't have a big enough kiln." I've never made anything that size. I don't have the space to build it um, or any way of moving, you know, moving it once it's built. And he said, all right, I've got, I've got the studio space you can use. I've got the kiln you can use. I've got all the lifting equipment and I've got the know-how. What's stopping you now? And I <laughs> and said, like, well, nothing, nothing. <laughs> and he said, he sent me... Um, a submission that he'd done years ago so that I could look at that and copy it. To yeah, Because yeah. I didn't even know how to write a submission. Yeah. He was incredibly generous. Yeah. And yeah. so as soon as he said that, I knew I had that backing. Yeah. yeah. And so what do you think for Ian? Like what was motivating him? Did he get caught up in that story as well himself yeah. of wanting to put – Put something under the jetty. You know what you I know. think? There's, I think there's people out there, especially people that are late career. Yeah. You know, late in their career, and they've seen everything, they've done everything, and he's a natural teacher, mm. a natural lecturer. I just think that's what I think he loves. That was his driver. He, he wanted loves to seeing that. other people grow and and push themselves and develop their talent I learned more in the four months it took me to do that build than I could have possibly learned in in years Mm -hmm. because I you know each step was something I hadn't done before every step of the way and so and it was such an intense time you know that four months were intense and so rewarding um, I think he he loved seeing that. In the end, I actually ended up building it here in our garage. And I remember when we took the first pieces to Ian's um, and offloaded them from our van into his studio. And I could see just that there's sort of a light you can see in some people yeah. that only comes out when they're looking at something they truly yeah understand and love and admire and with Ian that's ceramics yeah there's sort of like this you can almost feel it fizzing Mm. around him um, that joy just to see what other people do with ceramics and how unlimited it is the first thing I said was I started apologizing basically for how I built it and and how thick it was I knew it needed to be thick but it's Mm. You know, the, the ladies at the Boston Pottery, that was their biggest criticism was, oh, that's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, oh, I've done the wrong thing. And Ian said, too thick. He said, how thick's a brick? Yeah. He said, it's not. Yeah. He said, ceramics can build anything you can think of. Yeah, yeah. Don't be limited by what you think it should be. No. Yeah. And he said, of course, the walls have to be thick. It's got... <laughs> it's got to withstand. It's got to withstand a lot. Yeah, yeah, 
It's going to be incredible. The whole well, that whole project is amazing. It's an amazing yeah. project How wonderful for our for region. Bustleton. Yeah, it's yeah. incredible for the whole southwest. We've already there's already people booking yeah um, holidays here. Scuba divers coming from all over the world yeah. Yeah. to see it. Yeah. To those artworks under there, and that it all ended up. The call out was not just to this area; it was Australia wide. Yeah, um, but they got so many submissions. They were able to just choose Local. the locals. Isn't it fantastic? Which I thought was incredible. That's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah. How did you feel when you was going into the water? Like, was it an emotional experience for you? Like, getting to that point of going, okay, this is it, guys. Yeah. He's going in. Because I watched so it exciting. live. Yeah. <laughs> and I, even I was getting, like, on the edge oh. of my seat, like, oh, my God, it's happened. It's <laughs> so funny because the guys, the guys that had to pick it up with the crane and lower it into the water... Mm. Um, it was the one piece they were terrified of. In fact, they were so terrified <laughs> that my husband had to design that frame that you saw, that oh, they, wow. the lifting frame, because it, that wasn't part of it until, yeah. but they were so terrified because it was ceramic and, yeah. and all the other pieces, um, with exception of the concrete octopus, all the others were metal. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the boys on the barge were just, you could see them, they were terrified. They were very relieved. And one of them came to me afterwards and said, um, no more ceramic, giant, <laughs> giant ceramic monoliths, please. But um, watching it watching it that day, because we walked out early, we walked out. We actually, um, we had to drop it off here at the boat ramp at the marina when we delivered them. So we watched it get loaded onto the barge here at the end of the street and then that was one of the motivating factors of me having to put my hand up because it all the art was collected here at the end of where I live at the yeah. st- on my street. Yeah. And so we watched him on the barge How from amazing. our back d- door coming across the water being floated on the barge yeah. past our house out into um, Geograph Bay and then along to the jetty and we jumped in our car and rushed rushed over to the jetty and then sort of ran along the the jetty to, to greet the him, to greet him, him. <laughs> and um the end of the jetty where they all are was locked off so we were granted access just with the jetty staff but and everyone who knows me knows that I find it really hard to part with my art mm. very very hard um to part with the pieces which is why my house is so full <laughs> of my own art um but and I thought I was going to have real crisis being able to let him go a few times during the build my husband said let's just give them back their money and keep him because yeah. he he you know we ended up falling in love, with him, love with him yeah but watching him get lowered into the water it was again another one of those moments in my life it was one of the proudest moments i think i've ever had mm. because I've never been more outside my comfort zone mm. than during that build and I learned so much. I I was a totally different artist coming out of that four months than I was at mm. the beginning. Mm-hmm. I um I just was so proud of what we'd achieved and watching it go in was like the culmination of all those moments of exaltation and, and terror and and failure and uh, 
just everything everything to do with that bill was so outside my comfort zone and I'm not good at going outside my comfort zone so watching it get lowered into the water I it was I felt triumphant yeah. I, and yeah. I was so I'm also the whole design is about filling it up with octopuses <laughs> but I'm really excited because I know it's not like I won't see him again he's in a public space I can go and you can see go and visit, yeah. Within days, there were octopus mm-hmm. and cuttlefish and fish living in him. Yeah, oh, it's amazing. The yeah. NBC, they just did a little news about it, about all the wildlife that's now, well, not the wildlife, yeah. but the fish and the ocean life that's now. They just took like, to it. Yeah, it's incredible. The the soft life, like all the, the life forms that are going to precede the coral, they had within three weeks, they had the growth on everything, all those sculptures that they were expecting in three to six months. Yeah. Wow. It's like everything was just waiting down there for more yeah. surfaces to inhabit. Because didn't yeah. they say that um, prior to, was it prior to the jetty being ruined, mm. they haven't had much as much life form and healthy life form down there since all those sculptures have been put in. It's like, it's like, the ocean knew that it was waiting for this to happen and now everyone's like, yippee, it's happening. Yeah. Like, everyone pack your bags, let's go. Yeah. We've got a new place to live. But yeah, it's, it's, like, it hasn't had that much life form down there wow. since um, the jetty got no. damaged. And I'm pretty sure that's what the story that's is. That's right. Yeah. And, and that's what they say. It's um, these artificial reefs that they build, they really, they really do work mm. if they're well considered mm. and yeah. well researched. Mm. It's amazing how quickly they can become you know the habitat down there and it's really important we're putting Mm. things back but to make it art Mm, I mean just the pylons under there are so stunning yeah but the reason I like the boy that I I designed and built the postmaster I did a, a particularly sort of textural jumper on him that I wanted things to be able to get in and behind and really hold to because I want him by the end of this, I want him to look like he's got a feral knit on in a million different colours that yeah. moves with the tide and has yeah, yeah. fish living in it and just keep his just yeah. his little face yeah. and he'll just have a riot of colour on his beanie and his jumper and jacket and in, hopefully in his satchel and mm. and then creatures living in the bottles underneath him. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, you guys say you're art nerds, but I'm, you know, I'm just really basically an octopus <laughs> nerd. So how's your scuba diving skills? Oh, I don't swim. <laughs> oh, no. One of my sons thought it was hilarious that we moved here onto the edge of dark water because I've got a, I've got quite a crippling phobia of, oh, of dark wow. water. In fact, one of the main questions last year at the Open was um, you obviously love sailing and you obviously love <laughs> fishing and yeah love the ocean and love the ocean and i went i really don't these are my these are my deep fears coming up smoking people i want to hang out with these guys at the bar (laughs) having warm beer and smoking a pipe and every now and then going up when the wind's blowing and just standing on a cliff and seeing all those other poor buggers going out going out to fishing fishing boats Oh, no. So how will you visit him then? With a GoPro. Oh, he's, um, he's got he's, he's positioned in this amazing spot just over the edge of the jetty. Oh, so you can peer over. So I can peer over and yeah. see him. Uh, on a clear day, you can sort of see the top of his beanie. 
and my son's rigged up a GoPro on a fishing. Oh, that's so we can so send good. it down <laughs> yeah. and have a look at him. Yeah, and have, a, have a live FaceTime. People yeah. sending me photos, yeah. so I'm quite satisfied with yeah. that. I'm, look, I might sneak down when no one knows I'm going in the water. Mm. Someone asked me the other day when when I'm going to suit up and go down. They said when I don't look like a seal <laughs> in a wetsuit, <laughs> when I don't look quite so rotund and, and edible. Um, but I, I, yeah, vicarious yeah, through others, yeah, yeah. intrepid scuba divers. Oh, it's such a good project. How yeah. exciting. Yeah. And so what's next, Georgia, though? You know, are you allowed to, are, are you thinking about any big projects like really that? Or? I really am. So in the, in the lead up to the open last year, when I catch every now and then, I'd, I really, I kept getting bigger and bigger busts. And then that culminated in the postmaster. And because I, I really felt like all I really want to do is actually really giant yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Someone, someone sent me a thing the other day that said, what's your mission statement? And I went, oh, mm. populating the coastal villages of the world <laughs> with giant fishermen, <laughs> sailors and pirates Perfect. just on all those cliffs throughout. I could imagine them looking out, the to sea, out, looking yeah, out to sea. Yeah. And, and uh, I would love nothing more than to do that around Buston, start mm. around here. Mm. Um, Wouldn't that be amazing having a little trail that you could follow? Yeah. Seeing all these characters. Before this came up, that's what I thought. I thought mm. I wanted to do a walking exhibition of the jetty where I just had um, sort of people all the way along and you could go and take photos and I don't know, maybe we'll talk about that a bit yeah. and um, I'll do sort of, because they're so tactile. Mm. I, I've got a real passion for public art. Yes, yeah. And I don't think there's not many, ironically, not many I like. Yeah. Um, once I saw how people were reacting to my art, I stopped being so worried. But I, I, I saw that there's people out there that can't afford art, mm-hmm. but also who aren't moved by the public art that's out there but actually need to Mm. be. Mm. So it would be my ultimate goal would be to create people that people can relate to and can see for free Mm. and see out and about. Yeah. um, The hurdle is to convince people that ceramics is a safe art form to do that with and that it's not too fragile it's not fragile and the way I build it isn't fragile and it's ultimately incredibly repairable if someone did take to it with a bat or a hammer Mm. it's no different than saying let's not make all our shop shop fronts out of glass because someone might break a window someone might drive their car how often does that happen (laughs) how many people are going to take to a public artwork yeah that's very sturdily made with you know with evil intent and and i mean if they do have that intent they're going to try it with a metal artwork or anything anything, you know so yeah yeah. so i i it's trying to convince people Mm. that it's a, a good idea but um that, that's where I see myself going. I also, on the flip side to that, um, so I'm going to do a workshop in Ubud mm-hmm. uh, with the incredible Fleur Shell, who makes her sort of 3D children's books, uh, you know, just these incredible um, 
childlike and animal animations almost. Mm. They're, they're ceramic sculptures, but they're just incredible. And I couldn't pass that up. That's right before the open, which is bad timing, but it's just one of those things. Um, because I want to get into puppets. I'd, I'd really like to get into incredible ceramic jointed puppets. I've already started. That but would be amazing. Yeah. That's, and, so, and then I had a conversation with someone this morning who said, if you do that in your style, I know people that do animations, and that is another yeah. thing, path that I'd love to explore mm-hmm. is actually yeah claymation or animation with wow these people so have you done any puppetry stuff before or is this a new um i've always been into puppets i did Mm. the stick puppets in the air dry clay before i started the ceramics um and whilst i wouldn't act with it i have i've got a few here i've got two downstairs that i've made yeah okay um and i've got a few more started now yeah um, and I've done some tiny ones that are waiting for to get pieced together. But, um, yeah, I have. I kind of – it's my passion. I love how terrified people are of puppets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I love um, making things that where they can go, okay, I'm not so scared of that one or that one makes me laugh. I can oh, see yeah. it's not too creepy. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was, you know, the odd person last year. But that was the other fascinating thing that – you know, 99.99% of the people that came through the doors last year loved the work, really loved it. And I noticed that the people that didn't, who it wasn't for, sort of came in one door, looked around and went straight out. Mm. They didn't stand around criticising it. So it was yeah. a really lovely, um, it, it, that was nice. So Yeah, yeah. So maybe if I fill the whole space with puppets next year... Yeah. <laughs> I'll make sure people have got a clear exit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just lead them through. <laughs> Don't bother lingering there. Yeah. <laughs> so what's your plan for Open Studios <laughs> this year? Um, I know pre, pre-podcast discussion you were saying you were a bit nervous because you haven't got as much on, but yep. you've been bloody busy. I've been really busy. <laughs> so I'm a like little bit obsessive. going to forgive you for the, not having as much as you had last year, but what are you yeah. planning? So... Much uh, like similar mm-hmm. to what I did last year, I haven't. I've, like I said, so all up, um, I think I'll only have ten to twelve weeks of work, mm-hmm. which is it's just not much. And I, I'm really nervous that I'm going to follow up how amazing last year was with a much lesser display. But um, I have been really busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the work I will have there is slightly different. It's, um, it's moved along a little bit and I'm pretty proud of it. I'm loving what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will still be a beautiful, really home studio style. What I'm going to do is I'll set up – this year I'm going to set up a corner where I'm actually working oh, um, really on cool. some pieces. Yeah. So now that I know what I'm in for and I don't need every <coughs> square inch of space mm. filled up with things mm-hmm. – um, I'll I'll have more of a workshop display mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, see where we go. People can see you at work. Mm. And yeah. I'm also taking part in the Christian Fletcher a collaborative exhibition That's during right, the Open yes. this year mm-hmm. and also one um, at um, – I always love to say a name because um, 
because of my semen, <laughs> yeah. but Karen Seaman's yeah. <laughs> um, property in Boalia. She's doing um, a collaborative sh- where she's asked, I think, maybe 10 or 20 artists to bring a piece out, a, a sculpture or a painting out and display it on her property. Yeah, yeah. So that's I'm also taking idea. part in that. Yeah, yeah that's going to be amazing. Yeah. So um, that's called Something Unexpected and the Christian Fletcher's art is. And, um, yeah, so I've been also working on a couple of other things yeah, as well. Yeah, for them. <laughs> and then after, yeah, after that I think I'll, um, I'll be putting into action what I've learned. Yeah, the fur shell for a little while and, and doing things at my own pace again. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll need a break. I'll yeah, need a bit of so. a rest. Yeah. yeah. Well, and sometimes um, we also quickly mentioned that before we started recording, but mm. being able to work on and, – and because, yeah. like you said, you're such an intuitive artist mm-hmm. and you're working on, you know, what comes through rather than thinking about working towards some sort of deadline or something. Yeah, I, I really yeah. don't work well on the no. deadline. It worked really well for the postmaster. Somebody else asked me how that went and I said, you know what, without the legal contract and the deadline, I would have not thought that was possible, that mm. build. There were mm. so many hurdles I, or sort of yeah. brick walls I came up against where I went, I can't I can't actually get around this. this, yeah. And I have to. And so I, I had to pivot that many times and I had to learn a different way of doing something. Um, that I would not have stuck at if I didn't have that, mm. you know, terrible fear of public failure. <laughs> <laughs> a big motivator, is it? And a legal, legal, a legal contract. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my hands. So, um, yeah, but I will go back. My preferred way of building is to create a body of work and then have an exhibition, then book an exhibition, not book an exhibition and then go, oh, my gosh, what am I making for it? Yeah. I have to get back to the way I work because otherwise it, it just doesn't work for me. Mm. And I guess they're two quite different things, mm. like a one-off public art piece compared to a whole exi- whole body of work for uh-huh. an exhibition. That's it. Um, and I think it's a lot more authentic if it is mm-hmm. coming out it and developed through. rather than, yeah. Panic <laughs> building. Yeah, panic oh. building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially for me. And it's the reason I get asked a lot if I'll do commissions and I just can't because I can't make to a recipe. I can't make to a, like if someone says, right, I want this and this and this and this. It just, for some reason, it just doesn't work. Mm. So I wake up one morning and go, I just basically I feel into what what are we doing today mm. and that's what I do. Yeah. Mm. And some days it'll be cleaning the studio and the other days it'll be mugs or some days when I don't have anything coming through and nothing wants to be made, I'll do a day of barnacle making. Yeah. Because or tile making in case I've got I've got boxes and boxes full of handmade tiles because one day, actually one week, all that wanted to be made was tiles. And I still don't know what they're for. <laughs> they'll be like eight, but there'll be yes. something that comes up that those are for. You'll I just say, don't know what it is yet. Yeah. And when it comes up, I wouldn't have had time to make those tiles if I didn't already have them. Yeah, But yeah. so I can trust that now. I know that that will, it'll come be up and I'll go, somewhere. there you go, that's yeah. what they're for. Yeah, yeah. Or that, you know, five drawers of barnacles, <laughs> you know, I've yeah. got. You I've know, got just I've the got, thing. I've got just <laughs> the thing. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. So where, like, if someone, I'm asking for a friend here. <laughs> so if someone wanted to purchase a piece of your work, like, how does that work for you? Obviously, you said that you had a bit of, um, you find it hard letting go of your mm. artwork, and obviously you you sold a lot last year. Mm. So how would collectors or people who are who would love a piece of your work in their home, how would they go mm. about that? But they have to get in really early to the yeah. open. Yeah. yeah. I um I did pre-sell um quite a bit mm-hmm. last year. So I I sold everything that was for sale mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. Everything that I wanted I put a sticker on because <laughs> I don't I won't compromise on that anymore and it yeah. probably did piss off a lot of people. But um when I've parted with things that I love mm-hmm. I've regretted the sale forever. There's a couple of pieces I've sold because people won't come on, you can't keep everything. Mm. And, I've, and I've really mm. regretted it. Mm. So now what I do is, well, basically in the lead up to the open, I'll start posting mm-hmm. and people can, I've sort of allowed people to, if they're really emotionally attached to bags, things Mm -hmm. and then they have to pay for it but it still goes in the open but this year I'm not sure I'll do that because I don't have a massive Mm. amount of work this year and because I I know it will sell Mm -hmm. I don't sort of I'm not worried I'm not thinking oh my gosh I'm passing up on sales when I don't know if they'll sell at the open and um yeah so so I don't do commissions and I don't do mm-hmm. orders. Um, in the future, that might change. And in the future, I might do an online um, shop. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, my stuff looks best mm-hmm. and you can absorb the energy of them and the personalities of them when they're massive amount of them in one room together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like the idea of making one thing and then sending it off. Yeah, I really like... Yeah, they, they're part of something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so I think in the future it will more than likely only ever be through exhibitions mm-hmm. that they can buy them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, um, another question. Are you going to be working every day through Open Studios or are you going to have some days off? Uh, I think at Art Geo they've, they're closing only for the second Wednesday, mm-hmm. so we'll be there every other day. Yeah. Busy, busy. Busy, yeah. I was writing such a high last year. I was nowhere near as exhausted as mm. I thought I would be because of the feedback was it Well, was you so get a positive. lot of positive yeah. energy from that as Whereas well, Whereas I thought experience. I'd be really exhausted yeah. because I'm, I'm always alone mm-hmm. and the idea of... Yeah. But I realised, because I thought I was an introvert, but I think what I am is a, you know, introvert, extrovert. I'm mm-hmm. fine. I know how to behave myself in company and yeah. have fun and, and you're an extroverted introvert yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, my, but I can only be like that when I know yeah I've got a block of time yeah where I can be alone yeah yeah, yeah. so I've learned in, in this midlife crisis <laughs> I've learned too you've learned so many things <laughs> yeah. 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 I think as well it's just nice to um 
acknowledge all these I mean you said that about having your pieces all together and mm. looking around your studio now and I can just see I can feel eyes on me and every <laughs> I kind of get something out of the corner of my eye and then I see someone <laughs> looking at we're me yes. friends. <laughs> we're amongst friends thank yeah. goodness a lot of people like I don't know what the word for it is but there's some people that have that real phobia they don't like um art that's pe- people oh, like okay. they don't like eyes yeah. looking at them from every corner of the yeah. house when I was making the stick puppets and I literally had hundreds of them around the house, I said to the kids, please let me know if it's ever getting a little bit creepy. <laughs> I think it was my daughter that said, we're not there yet, but we're close. <laughs> There's a threshold <laughs> and you're getting close. Yeah. Kids stopped visiting me. <laughs> Your mum's weird. <laughs> there was a little bit of that and, and we got to the same point with these ceramics. Like I got more and more, I think you should have an exhibition. <laughs> Time to move these on. Yeah, well, I can yeah. see one over there um, gazing at me through the leaves through of the, the plant. Yeah. And for, yeah. for everyone at home, this is very much what Georgia's <laughs> studio is like. There's leaves, there's, there's all these sailors, there's vessels, there's a bit of everything, but it's absolutely beautiful and tactile. Yeah. And everything is like vintage and antique, which is what mm. me and Sarah are yes, all about as well. Yeah. So we are just it's the original totally recycling. at home in this studio. <laughs> yeah, we're loving this. The bit of history in every little piece yeah. that's in yeah. It's so lovely. Such like, a nice creative works well, like I said too. this the house when we moved here and I've only ever lived in, in cottages and miners mm. miners cottages and farm houses and um, yeah moving into a, a big brand new house was we were lucky we were lucky we had furniture that had soul mm. yeah and yeah. before that I never had plants but it's a like an airfield house so the plants yeah, oh, you can see some of them are dying. <laughs> oh no, they're, they're thriving compared to mine. <laughs> yeah, so to, we were lucky that yeah. we we had thirty years of furniture collecting to. Yeah. 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 Well, and then you do get that bonus of there's no air coming up through the floor, like in some of those old cottages. I've lived in a lot of those as well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're wonderful. Yeah, but sometimes you go, actually, it's quite nice to have a sealed home (laughs) with working water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it wasn't, believe me, there was a lot of benefits. And enough PowerPoints. (laughs) And a functional kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all of that. All of that. Yeah. And. You know, they built the studio without realising they were building a studio, yeah, yeah. which is lovely. Yeah. I think it probably is a granny flat, I'm not sure, but it's like oh, a it's lighthouse. A per- yeah, it's, it's a brilliant. perfect yeah. studio. It's like the mm. perfect, perfect spot. And I know it's a bit of a cloudy day today, but we've had a little mm. burst of sunlight coming through and it is stunning. Mm. So for those um, who are listening, we are going to be posting some photos. Thank <laughs> you, Georgia, for letting us completely nerd over your studio. Um, but we, we will be... Um, posting some photos as well just to help you feel as though you're here with us but um, I think we're coming to the end we've taken up a lot of your time and we could keep I feel like we've just scratched the surface so we might have to come back for part two (laughs) see where you're up to yeah yeah you're more than welcome and I might have to come when you lower the GoPro down I don't know if I'm I'm up (laughs) for scuba diving either but yeah I'm so excited to do it yeah they actually came up with that um the jetty were doing that themselves when they lowered the Pericles Yeah, what down. a good idea. It's so funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having us, Georgia. Oh, it's, yeah. yeah, it's been so wonderful chatting mm. to you and hearing, like, 
you know, anything with social media, you see, it, you kind of see what people are putting out. And I, I've always been able to tell you, you're very authentic and true to yourself, but to be able to have a conversation face-to-face with you and really understand the story behind, mm. you know, where you've come from and where you're going as well, it's just been... <laughs> amazing like, I can't actually keep it for those who can't see I haven't been able to stop smiling the whole way I've she's got the, the, the Cheshire like, oh, oh. the Cheshire yeah. cat green but and also I think it's so nice to just celebrate uh, um, which is what we're doing this for really yeah. but just to celebrate and you mentioned Ian Dowling today yeah. but there's so many amazing artists in our area so it is nice oh, to actually so... chat and you know yeah. bring a bit of the the human story to that yeah, as well and those connections between that's, everyone. That's the other thing that the Margaret River Region Open Studios did. All, for the first time in my life, I'm, I feel like I'm part of a... Part of a bigger community. Yeah, yeah. part of a community, yeah. like an artist. And um, the wealth of artists down here is almost embarrassing. Yeah, it's yeah. insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Quality is incredible and yeah, um, yeah. and really exciting. So yeah. I'm really like the podcast has unlimited potential. <laughs> yes. I, I could give you twenty <laughs> names off the top of my head now that I need to hear yeah. the backstories of. Yeah, we yeah. we had a hard time picking, didn't we? But, I mean, we had definite. I had definite on my list. You know, yeah. <laughs> I have to interview Georgia. <laughs> um, and we do have Wanda Conley as well. And we've got a whole yeah. array of other artists. But yeah. we're hoping to do it 10 interviews per season. So mm-hmm. hopefully it'll be a rolling thing. And yeah. yeah, just build on it. And like yeah. you say, I think through each person you find out yeah. a little bit more. Oh, and it's just nice yeah, yeah. to connect the you're dots. We- you're and waving a, a, yeah. a quilt. You know? Yeah, it's exactly. It's that, you know, it really is. It's yeah. lovely. Yeah. So thank you both. Ooh, thank you. And and we'll we'll definitely be coming to check yeah. out Open Studios. Oh, yeah, I'm taking, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm taking time off just so I can you know, Clear, clearing the schedules. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited. I know. It's coming oh, up fast. Yeah, yeah, so, awesome. yeah, I'll be the one rocking in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, with rum coffee. coffee cup. Cup. Oh, we're one coming with rum too. <laughs> How could we resist? <laughs> Thanks so much for chatting with us. It was really nice.